0: This
1: is Tall Can Audio. Away we go on another edition of the Versage sessions of Tall Can Audio. Matt Robinson over here, Lee Versage over there. What are you saying today, man? I'm
0: saying it's usually good to see your face, hear your voice. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's the end of november mm-hmm. i'm getting a little cranky yeah a little colder
1: outside and you just saw it last night what's that and you just saw it last night well exactly okay. now it's two days in a row right. it's a bit much right it's it's a lot of mat for uh for one forty eight hour span
0: 24 so hours usually really. it's completely a 180 where people are like well, it's way too much for sage but <laughs> <laughs> two days in a row so yeah it was great to see it we had a Amazing time yeah! At give, bicycle
1: Craft Brewery. We should give a shout out to uh, Michaela and Vanessa. Put on their uh, Women's Sports Trivia Night on Tuesday night over there. Uh, full house, sold out, I'm led to understand. So, not bad. Hanging from the rafters there at the Bicycle Craft Brewery. So, a couple pints. Uh, a fairly lackluster performance by myself. Anyway, I had actually had some teammates do pretty well, but uh, I was absolute dead weight on the team, man.
0: So, I was on a team... With our good friend Steve Lloyd, mm-hmm. and then of course AJ Jackie back late <laughs> to the party. Last year AJ and I were our own team. Okay. We finished third. Yeah. Now I was happy with that. He was sour. <laughs> I told him. Like we did really well. This year, added Steve Lloyd, I just want to say, went from third to sixth. Okay. Um <laughs> <Okay>? uh, <laughs> I don't want to put that on anybody. No. It kind of seems like you're putting it on somebody. But somebody got added, and yeah, then yeah. the team dropped significantly. Um, it's a it's a fantastic night. They do a great job, Michaela and Vanessa, Yeah. Uh, except for the audio questions, which they put the microphone to some weird speaker on a computer for it to all be swears and beeps yeah. with the 12-year-old...
1: On one of the teams. That's
0: um, true. Let's let's understand I, the audience here, Michaela and Vanessa. Okay, See,
1: I don't know if you're bringing your 12 year old to a brewery after dark. You know, I, it, I get it. Gets dark at
0: five o'clock. Well, it's
1: time for your kids to go home then. <laughs> have dinner and stay. Somebody so, that
0: does not have kids. True man.
1: <laughs> get off the streets.
0: Well, and what was impressive was he was with his mom and dad. Yeah, and they came third. Yep. And he walked away with a pride 67s jersey. Right. He was so some happy. tickets, I think. I was just a little embarrassed for some of the language yeah. that was used. <laughs> I, I went over and covered his ears, but my hands aren't, they don't do the job. <laughs> Earmuffs. Uh, it is a humbling, humbling night to think that you know the world of professional sports. Yeah. And I, I kept saying, I got two guys on my team that do this for a living. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Right? Like I. <laughs> Not anymore. I, I don't do this for a living. Like I, guys, come on. Yeah. You guys do this for a living. Right. Uh, it is, it's a new world that we need to catch up on. And I was
1: a little bit out of my element last night. Same. Well, I sat down and I, th- I sort of thought I'd have a reasonable chance if there was a little bit of women's hockey in there. And it wasn't as much as I expected. A lot of women's soccer, a lot of women's basketball. But as we were going around our team, people were kind of going, you know what, if it's golf or tennis, this one guy on our team, uh, he goes, I I probably have a good shot at this, right? Mm -hmm. And other people were sort of saying, I got some soccer and some basketball and we'll be okay. And all I said was, if they've bothered to throw in any MMA or wrestling, I probably I can probably handle it, yeah, which they did. There was one MMA question, and, and, and I just waved at it, Same. like not even close. And
0: yeah. I'm the MMA guy. I'm not as nearly into it as you are, but <laughs> all of the three of us, right? I am the MMA guy, and I watched the fight that the question was about,
1: right? And had zero clue. Could not pull it, man. No. I, I was just sitting. And there was one other guy who uh, on our team who had seen the fight as well, and we're both just looking at each other like. Uh, because it wasn't a, a well-known star yet. Now, they became a star, beating Amanda yeah. Nunez the first time, and then there was a return fight. Nunez wins it. And that was the question. Who, Amanda Nunez won the title in her final fight before retiring. Who did she beat? And I just didn't have it. It turned out Irina Eldana. And once they say it to yeah, me, like, you... Yeah, once you hear it, you're the smartest person in the world. Wow, well, yeah. you're also just full of rage that you didn't have it.
0: So. <laughs> because that was the only one
1: I but, could have participated right, and in. And that's the, what I had... Told my team, don't worry. When it comes to the MMA part, yeah. I got us. I don't got us.
0: <laughs> well, and the other part that I got a little sour, like I was, a- AJ knows his soccer, so he, he knew some of the things. When he got there, he, we went over the questions about five times so he could get them. But there was about two or three of them that I knew. Right. And all three of them. AJ switched. Uh. No, like he would scribble it out with that thing. Mm, uh, I don't think it's that, it's this. And then it would come up, and then he was wrong. And like, AJ, if I only know three of the 50 questions, (laughs) could you let me have them? Is it possible? Anyway, great night. It was Uh, a lot of fun. They raised some money for the OSEG Foundation. That's right. uh, Women in sports, and it just continues to get bigger and better, and... You know, I've been at the first two, and last night was a better turnout than the first time. But the first time was good, and um, you just there's a lot of support there. It, it's a it's a really good event run by some decent people. <laughs> it hurts fair. me <laughs> to say that, but you were on the team with Michaela's husband, and yeah, last I was year, sort
1: of wondering if he'd pick it, grab the notes before some oh, you, you or something. Oh, you think? I was hoping when he won anyway. the pop up question, yeah.
0: and uh, last year he came second, <laughs> and he probably dumbed it down not to come first not to have all of us look at him all that right, way. So you're
1: calling shenanigans on uh, on poor Josh. Oh, poor Josh. Yeah. So, yeah. You're not even here to defend. The it, same though. guy that bet me about the Patriots fi- finishing
0: first or second in the AFC East bet me a 2 for a beer. How they doing? Yeah, it's not going good.
1: Not happening. I could collect right now. Uh, we are, uh, yeah. So, uh, women's sports trivia night. Um, no doubt they'll do it again. Highly recommend. If you haven't been before, they do a good job. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and the money all goes to a good cause and you can have yourself a good pint or two. We're going to have a pint or two. Here. Yes. And, uh, you have brought the first round today. What are we going with?
0: I'm curious to what you will think of Imperial cities, mm. chocolate, milk, peanut butter, porter.
1: I have a feeling I'm going to think highly of it. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy that I waited to pop it open. Right? The smell, it does smell like it (laughs) is supposed to, whether it tastes like it's supposed to, I'm not sure how you will feel about it. I haven't had it in a bit.
1: Okay. The chocolate's coming through first. The peanut butter kind of tails a little bit on the palate, but it's nice. That's a nice beer. Where is
0: Imperial City? See, that I don't know. I, okay. I knew you were going to ask yep. me that, and I literally was going to look <laughs> it up before. So this is a 6.2%. Right. And... Oh my I gosh,
1: knew this it. is a tasty
0: goddamn beer. Yeah, it's Sarnia. I, I okay. had a feeling it was southwestern Ontario, but right. it, it is Sarnia. Okay. And I had it the first time. I've only had it once before. And it was... It was rich. And there are some other kind of stouts or porters that kind of go down this chocolate peanut butter road. Yep. And what I find with them, I think I've described this to you a couple of times, that sometimes they hit me with the flavor up front. And the word is not flat, but maybe the word is a little bit watery at the end or not as rich
1: or- it doesn't carry right through. It doesn't carry
0: right through. It hits you with the flavor, but then in the back half of it, it just sort of tails off and gets a little bit watery. Right. That doesn't mean it's a bad beer. No. This was one that I remembered that was unlike what I just described. I feel like this one, I've just had one sip. I'm going to have another one. Mm -hmm. I feel like this one- is a little bit more rich and carries through the entire
1: yeah time like 100%. It's got body. Is that is that is that yeah, maybe the word? probably yeah. the, the word. Right. Uh hold on before we carry on you're going to lose your headphones for a second. I'll bring them back but I got a humming in mind so I need to uh... voice over off. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, I'm enjoying that a lot. It, as you said, it's a full-bodied flavor that comes right through, or as I said, and you sort of hesitantly agreed with. Uh, full-bodied is what I'd call it, but it's it, it very sweet right up front, and I'm enjoying that quite a bit.
0: You and I, we're not as different as we, yeah, we, we you we once are, thought. Though. We
1: are, though. We're not, though. I like these a lot, but I'm also happy to sit down and, and have some IPAs or have some... Uh, you, you kind of. I think you sort of lean towards these sweeter... Um, and I hope you do. Well, actually the one I have for you next, I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but it's not sweet, but it's kind of out there again. Like last week we did the, uh, the something salt and.
0: No, that was yeah. two weeks ago. You're right. It was. Maple. We did the maple. That's right. Maple was last week. week. It was outstanding. Yeah. That From was OBC. Good
1: too. Yeah. So uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. We're also going to talk some Sens. We're going to talk some NFL. We might talk a little bit of Leafs. We got all kinds of... I know you (laughs) want to talk a little CM Punk maybe later on in the show. Yes. We can get to all of that in a minute, but I got to ask you first. Let's go. Are you a Spotify guy or an Apple Music guy? I'm an Apple Music guy. Ah, Okay. And the last
0: day or two... Yeah get off my timeline with what you goddamn listen to I don't give a you know what what your fourth top song of the year listen to or the album or the artist I don't care when I go to the gym or when I walk around I don't go telling you which music I'm listening to (laughs) what I do do is keep it to myself just like you should and you don't have to broadcast it on every social media platform you have on the fifth most listen to album and song you had this year don't give a bleep
1: okay so uh that'll be the extent of, of that topic uh the <laughs> if, for those who are unfamiliar and baffled right now at what's ha- unwrapped from Spotify is out and yeah it's a summary of this many minutes listening to these artists oh and, God. and all sorts of things um and, and, I'm not I'm I'm like you I'm not interested in anybody else's I am kind of s- interested in mine which like, is fair yeah but I don't share it usually. I, I actually, I don't think I've ever shared it. Um, no, but then it's not even sharing it. Like if you want to share
0: it, okay. But then you need to comment on it. And then you need to go, well, this wasn't my top. I, I had no idea it was this song. Well, you listen to it the most. You probably should have had an idea. Why are you like posting something and then commenting on it? Like somebody asked you a question about it. They didn't
1: at all. Apple has their own version. It's not as thorough. It's not. And they, it's sort of a knockoff. So I briefly, this is actually the third year I've looked at mine. I think that Apple's done it. And cause I'm an Apple music guy as well. I'm not a Spotify. Yeah. And I, to me, every single one of them is underselling. Like to me, it's telling me, you know, some songs I know I've heard over and over and over this year. I've only played like twenty five times, I'm like that can't possibly be right. So I don't have much faith in Apple's, okay. uh, but I don't share it anyway. Anyway, I was just going to ask you if you wanted to share your Spotify with us, but you're not a Spotify guy, so we'll carry on. And and you've told us you don't wish to share it. You don't like when people share any of them. So uh, we we can carry like, on. I would be interested if I were in a
0: discussion with you, yeah, and you knew what the most listened to song of yours in the last year, I would then be curious to go, Hey Matt, what is the number one song that you listen to? Right. I, I would be interested. Sure. We talk about, talk about the song, talk about the artist for a second. Okay. But that's a
1: discussion. Right. Like you and I are now engaged in a discussion about music we should tell the good listener that in the coming weeks at some point, we can't tell you exactly when yet you will hear Lee and I engage in a discussion on music yes. quite specifically, uh, the tragically hip. Nice. We will be doing that, uh, in the coming weeks. So stick around, not the coming week, coming weeks in case I did not properly, uh, Illiterate. You'll uh, hear it but. sometime. That's right. We'll get to it. Uh, but uh, that's down the road. Today, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. There'll be some Leafs and Sens. There'll be some NFL. There's some CM Punk in here. We got a ton of things to comment on today. But I wanted to start with uh, the reports that have come out that have said we're going to see some rejigging around the NHL All-Star game this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Toronto, they're going to have a three-on-three women's exhibition one night. Uh, they're reinstating the draft. That That sounds terrible. Not in Vietnam style, but back in uh, the early 2010s and they were doing, uh, you know, guys picking their own teams for this thing. And they're going to go back to that. Now, it'll be a little different this time because back then you were only picking two teams and we were playing the traditional all-star game. Now, they're still doing the three-on-three tournament. Uh, So, there will be four captains and four celebrity captains (laughs) along with them in the NHL. A great history with celebrity uh inclusion. I'm not sure in Toronto who they're going to get to come up. Uh Will Arnett? Maybe big hockey guy? The Beebs? Can they talk him into that would be an actual celebrity, right? Justin Bieber they would prob- make an impact. They probably could. Get him to like there's probably no doubt here Austin Matthews is going to be one of the captains with it being in Toronto. Yeah. So that's his buddy. Can he get him to come up, be his co-captain kind of thing? Like that's on the table, but I, I do kind of, man, it makes me shiver just a little bit knowing the NHL's history with, with trying to get celebrities at that terrible award ceremony they do every year and, and things like that. But which is just, it's often painful to watch, man.
0: Okay. So let me, let me start with what your feelings are on the all-star game as a whole. Like, just the whole idea. Like, we'll get to the rejigging and, and yep. the captains and all that stuff,
1: but how do you feel about all star weekend? I think at this point, I'm like most people or most adults, right? Where if you're most, in the market, most adults, it's really fun. If you're a kid, it's really fun, right? Like, holy crap, I don't know, Crosby's playing with Ovechkin this weekend or something like that, right? Like, there's, mm-hmm. I think there are people who can get excited about that if you're still young and all these guys are in the same place. Um, but for the most part, I'm fairly disinterested. Uh, the the skills stuff at times I find interesting, but the, the the presentation is so brutal. Like it takes so long in between each event and they're doing weird stuff outside and at the fountain at the Bellagio and these sorts of things. I, it was worth a shot that doesn't do a whole lot for me. The game, I can't even tell you the last time I've watched. Like if I've been at somebody's place or at a pub or whatever and it's up on the, but to make sure like yeah. I'm there to watch that three-on-three tournament. Ah, I don't, it, you? So I'm even worse. Okay. If, if
0: I'm, when it was here in Ottawa, I got why
1: people got excited because. It's like the outdoor games. If it's in your market, it's fun, right? You get some attention and there's stars around and. It's just not a
0: representation of what the game is. No. And I think when you're able to. Like, are you ever able to get that genie back in the bottle?
1: Ever. Not without putting like $10 million on the line. Like they split the winning team at the, at the tournament splits $1 million, but you know, split eight, 10 ways. These guys have that in their back pocket or whatever, right? If you could put some real money on the line and go back to a normal game, maybe you could get some intensity into it, but I think it's unlikely. I I, I think that as you say, that genie's out of the bottle, it's always going to stink. The NBA one stinks. The Pro Bowl stinks. The one, the baseball one used to be pretty decent. It's lost something lately too, but that's to me more about interleague play, right? It's not special anymore to see a Reds player versus a Red Sox player kind right. of thing. Yeah.
0: So then what can you do to do anything more than they are? Because I applaud them for trying, yeah. even though I don't watch it. No. I'm a big hockey fan and I don't want really
1: anything to do with it. I think... Where, Does it need fixing? I think the sponsors are happy with it. The league's happy with it. The kids are happy with it. If they lose you and I for one Sunday afternoon, then so be it. We'll we'll be back on Tuesday when our teams fire up again. But, but we keep talking about the kids are happy with it.
0: Yeah. Are they?
1: Well, I don't know. I haven't asked any, I guess.
0: No, but the, I'm, I'm guilty and everyone <laughs> else is guilty. When we say the kids are happy with it, the smiles on the kids' faces. Well, I'm going to bet that If any kid, if I brought them to a game and go, okay, well, here are a lot of the stars, you get to hang out and and watch this, will you be happy? Yeah, it's better than playing with Johnny at home. Johnny sucks. Johnny sucks. (laughs) Right. I'm tired of beating Johnny. (laughs) Right. But I don't know. Is it any different from a kid going to a, a Sens Leafs game and seeing... Austin Matthews and Brady Kachuk. And is it any different? That kid's happy at that game too, is he not? I guess so.
1: And it depends how old we're talking about, right? Like there would be some novelty to see Brady Kachuk play with Mitch Marner to some kid, right? To somebody who's 12, 13, who's playing NHL on the PlayStation all the time. Right. Who's building their own fantasy teams anyway. I'm not saying it can't be better. I'm just not sure they view it as broken. If that makes sense.
0: But nobody's watching and it's not a representation but th- of your game.
1: Again, I don't know if that's true that nobody's watching. You and I aren't watching. But we will. But on- if
0: the majority of hockey fans aren't watching, because you and I are hockey fans. It's true. I don't know any hockey fan that doesn't have a child that says, yeah, I'm in. Right. I love
1: this. So, so does the reinstallation of the draft do anything for you? Because that was at least novel for a while. Half the time, the players were pissed up when they arrived. Um, The first year with the Phil Kessel thing, right? Getting photographed as being the last guy picked. Uh, I don't think the PA was particularly happy about that, but such is the, you know, the life of, if you're going to do this, somebody's got to get picked last, except the way they're doing it now. Have you seen the model? Yes. So there are four teams for the good listener who may not have seen this when they get down to there just being four players left the celebrity captains will assign them to teams so that we don't have to risk hurting anybody's feelings and having someone picked last at the at the uh at the draft
0: is this the dumbest thing that we've we've ever done <laughs> like if little johnny is 7 and he gets picked last i get it phil kessel or Whoever yeah. is picked last, and they're making whatever, and attending All-Star Game weekend. This seems to be This me- can't be that big of a hit to their ego, that if you're at All-Star
1: Weekend, because you're good enough to be there, and you get picked last... Doesn't this seem more like a PA thing than a specific player thing? Like I'm they- tired of the PA, I, though. I I'm tired
0: wow. of them trying to protect the players so much that it comes across as they're a bunch of seven-year-olds. Like, it's okay that somebody gets picked last. In a draft, Yeah, every every draft somebody will be picked last.
1: I've seen a thousand people tweeting, these are the toughest athletes in the world, we're supposed to hold them up like warriors, but their feelings get hurt this easy. And I don't know, that's a fine stance to take if you want to be wild about it I, I don't care either way like this isn't going to impact because frankly while I am interested a little bit more in watching some of that draft I won't still be there at the end when this actually happens like right. I'll watch the first couple of picks and ah, that's kind of neat no I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be on to something else so I can't get my fur too up about this but at the same time I do agree that they're grown men being well compensated and I think maybe this came in the year after the Kessel thing to soften the blow. I can't remember, but I think after that, the last guy picked got a car or something like a pretty significant, like, I guess to help you make you feel better a little bit. Oh my God. So, okay, here's how I would fix it. Okay. Stop
0: the feelings, stop people getting hurt about it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make this a little bit, talk to me about playoff structure at some other point where we're bored and we want to get into something because I am I am so sick and tired of the NHL's playoff structure. It drives me crazy. There are so many other good models out there and it anyway, it it's a whole show. Right. But let's take some of like who are the biggest rivals in the National Hockey League
1: right now? Probably Vegas, Colorado would be up there. Yeah. I uh, would I
0: would agree. Um the way Edmonton's coming back, you could say Vegas, Edmonton. Yep. Uh I don't know if Florida and Ottawa just because of they <laughs> we, get, we'll they, get
1: to that. Everyone gets misconducts. Yes. Um uh, but, but my point New Jersey, would, New York's been reunited a little yeah, bit. My
0: point would be can we even if you like talk to people on the side, reunited, and, reignited. No, but the even term I was looking for like, reignited. Yes. Even if you talk to people on the side and go, "Hey, a little bit of wrestling, a little bit of showmanship," but I'm going to stick up for my team, my town. Mm-hmm. You stick up for yours. We'll be friends after. You can say that on the side. It's fine. I don't care. But how about you get on television, and you start picking. Guys from your team and leaving out guys and saying,
1: but they did that last time. It was boring. Like when it was here in Ottawa, Daniel Alfredson announced like a week and a half beforehand he was going to take Carlson. Well, then why do I even tune in? Like, there's no drama in that. There's no, no, but it's okay what the, to say, you know what the I would, rule is that I'd put in, I'd go the other way. You as a captain are not allowed to pick your teammate. Now let's see what happens. No. Because I've seen Matthews and Marner together. I've seen Stutzland w- together. But
0: I want the captains to stand up and say, I'm not taking somebody from that team because I don't like them.
1: That's fine. There's lots of guys out there that you can still... Like, this isn't going to be done by division anymore, right? So let's say Brady Kachuk is one of the captains. He can pick Panarin or... Mm-hmm. Somebody he doesn't have a rivalry with, right? But I don't want to see the same combinations I've already, I don't want to see Matthews and Nylander against Stutzler and Kachuk. I-, I see it all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, force them into something else. I want to get Matthews and Matthew Kachuk. I want to get in a war Actually. of words
0: with somebody going, no, I, I don't like you and I'm going to beat you. And I'm going to take my guy. to happen
1: on these rosters.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm <laughs> going to take my guy. You take your guy. We'll yeah. see who's better.
1: Um, put something up between them. PWHL will have a three-on-three game in there yeah. on the Thursday night. I think that's a cool showcase. No yeah. doubt some of those players will be added into the skills as they have been uh, in the past. But that'll be roughly a month into the PWHL's existence. They put out an email uh, to people who put down deposits early on. Yeah. Um, that email came out on Tuesday saying on Thursday, you'll be able to start buying ahead of time, your season tickets. And that announced that the schedule would begin on January 1st. So there'll be a month into their first season. Uh, probably a nice showcase, right? A nice place to, and in that case, I might select three or six players from each of the six teams and let them play on their own rosters right? to showcase here's team Montreal. Here's, Team Toronto, whatever it's going to be, right? I, yep. I might do something like that. Uh, but I think that's a cool idea to add them into this. Well, they them should. a little bigger stage. Yeah, I don't even know if. Bigger stage than the uh, skills. I cool. It's like
0: this should be happening and it should have happened
1: with. Well oh, there was no with... league.
0: I know, but it still should have happened with the national teams and, and the showcase a little bit more. The they NHL has once, a responsibility right? to. They Make did sure. do the
1: USA Canada three-on-three game during one of the skills competitions a couple years ago. And that was kind of fun yep. for 10 minutes or whatever. And...
0: But they should be doing more. of yep. So I look forward to that part of All-Star Weekend. It actually probably, I don't want to say it's number one. Sometimes the skills the skills need to be re- revamped yep. as well. Uh, people standing around and doing goofy stuff.
1: There was honestly nothing wrong with the skills competition that I grew up with. Right. Where it's just, here's a bunch of guys shooting it really hard. Now here's a breakaway contest. Now here's the fastest skater, the accuracy, and we all get the hell out of here and go home. Right? Yeah. Like.
0: Yeah. I want to know who's the fastest, who's the best. Put, you know, make sure that there's some, um, I watched Sean Donovan fall in a, the Sens skills competition. Sure, yeah. And oh my God, it was. It was horrifying to think that that could happen at that point because he was given her. He was given it all. So try and put some things in place to make the athletes feel as safe as possible, that they can go and and do this with the fastest skating. And look, the goalies, the breakaway one is really hard because they want to come in slower than molasses. Even slower than Jason Allison, which
1: is hard to do. <laughs> and the goaltender nobody's doing s- the Robert Reichel from between the, the, the yeah. top of the. The circle, goaltender's got to sit
0: there, and all of a sudden, do the splits
1: in a. What would you think? It, it would take away the best-on-best best idea of it, but a couple local, and especially in Toronto, where there's teams all over the place, a couple of university kids are playing goal during the breakaway competition. Do you care about that, or do you want to? Would you prefer to see? No, you got to beat Shesterkin? or you've got to.
0: Why don't you put something on the line? Bring in some of your um, your very, very top people who aren't in the National Hockey League or don't have an NHL contract, put a contract up. <laughs> Money in the bank. You know, but put a contract up for like a an East Coast League or an American Hockey League contract
1: I, for y- somebody yeah.
0: that comes in and performs.
1: I guess I'm crapping on my own idea here, but it- – I think if it's a normal so, so breakaway competition, you should stop after you're crapping yeah, on your own idea. Don't go on to explain how you're gonna crap I, what on I your would own do, idea. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna let the, the good world know what I'm thinking here, man. <laughs> That's what I do. That's why this whole setup yeah, no, exists. I, uh, <laughs> so the good world knows what Matt's thinking today. Yep. Um if you're gonna stick with the trick shootout, right, where they're all trying crazy stuff and some guy's got a blindfold on and different things like that, college goalies. Not yeah, sure. Yeah. If you're doing the traditional one that we all grew up on, it's probably better to have the four real goalies there swapping in and out, right? Like, and, and force you to actually make a good move and, and beat somebody. It's probably the way I'd come down on that. Drop the trick shot thing. Go back to the traditional. Remember Owen Nolan on Dominic Hasick? Like that stuff was fun, man. Like pointing right to the corner and, amazing.
0: and Yeah, shooting and, but imagine
1: if your goalie gets hurt. Yeah, no, that's less amazing. Right? So. Actually.
0: That would in be. In Toronto. Uh, Joseph, yeah, if Joseph Wall got hurt, then it would be a good thing. Uh, but there's a lot of goalies around the league that would be a good thing. But I just, I think trying to encapsulate the entire weekend, I need something that's actually on the line. And we've talked about money, but money doesn't. You can tell me that it's. Everybody's got a price. $10 million. Yeah, but. The NHL doesn't. They don't have that much money to make (laughs) it worth it for me to care about the players because the players care about the money. Right. Fair Mm -hmm. enough. Um, So put something on the line. Make it worth something. Make it a contract for somebody. Make it. I, I don't know. Like, but find something. To put on the line because if, if you
1: win the shootout competition, we will add a no move clause to your contract. Give you full control of your uh, <laughs> your test. The GMs, Half these guys are GMs. Would be thrilled. Yeah, fuck that. My guy's heard he's not coming. We're not doing this. trading that guy next week. You can't do that to me. Um, you know, it was a bit of a scene on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Sens and Panthers. Um,
0: they did a great behind the scenes video.
1: Sens, yeah. Sens did. Did they?
0: Yeah, of, and look, it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night and, yeah. and around the league, you had some different people. They had an, an unbelievable kid come in and do the the,
1: um, the starting lineup. The starting lineup yeah. and
0: DJ Smith was really good with them and, you know, all the guys were there and they were really good to the kid and the family and, sure. and it was awesome to watch.
1: That it, was the last part of the night that was awesome.
0: Right. Watch. And that's the good part about the National <laughs> Hockey League is that they do stuff like that. That really makes a difference in people's lives. Um, After that, when the puck dropped, I'm actually shocked that DJ Smith is still coaching the Sens right now.
1: Yes, as we sit here on Wednesday afternoon. I am. Now, if they haven't done it, they're not doing it, right? Because they had this three-day break. Yeah. And I sort of assumed by midday Tuesday, like this would finally be the backbreaker. Uh, As we sit here Wednesday afternoon, it hasn't been done. So it's not going to be done before Friday, right? You wouldn't wait this long into the week and then pull the trigger. And they've sort of indicated we're staying the course. No more noise is the thing that the players had said to ownership and to the new general manager and president. But that should come with some sort of responsibility on your own end to not force them to make any more noise, to not create any more disruptions. And they... Played like absolute trash during that game. Maybe their worst effort of the year. It was their worst home loss since 2018. This is a brutal game in so many ways. They got pushed around on the scoreboard, pushed around physically. This is where you come in to say, I told you when they came back from
0: Sweden. It's
1: not been long enough yet. Because the other teams are sort of sputtering around. Detroit got two wins right away. Ottawa's got two losses right right, away. Right away. Although Toronto's lost two in a row as well, uh, what do you mean? No, uh, sorry, lost two and then won one. We uh, got points in a lot of games. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Um, so no, it's too soon to make the uh, the Europe excuse. So
0: when I heard DJ Smith after the game, because the third period, yeah, it got national and international attention with the referee saying.
1: You know, everyone on the ice. This guy got an elbow. This guy got a roughing. Everybody else on the ice has a 10-minute misconduct. Right. It's kind of cute. It's kind of funny. I enjoyed John Trottier there, the the in-house announcer for the Ottawa Senators. He actually tweeted out while that was all being sorted out, this is going to be a long announcement. (laughs) And then someone captured it on video, him reading out all the penalties. Right. And I saw somebody else
0: say that why 10-minute misconducts actually count towards the penalty minute count. They don't have to. They don't have to. If you want to just give somebody a misconduct and get them off the ice, it doesn't need to
1: count. It came off to me as fairly payments. lazy officiating. Like, here's a couple that we actually pointed out. We just want this game to be over and all of this to stop. So all of the rest is, because it was less than 10 minutes to go in the game, you're done. It's not lazy. You can
0: criticize the referees for not getting control of it earlier, which I think is a fair comment. But at that point, they're like... Okay, we gave you guys a chance to control this yourselves. You didn't. Now we're going to. See you later. Goodbye. I I don't think it's lazy. I think it's making a point that you're not going to do this. I gave you a chance. We
1: gave you a chance to figure this out. You didn't. Okay, you got disciplined. What point do you think the uh, players might have made about their level of respect for DJ Smith? Because they claim to like him, but I'm not sure they played much for him.
0: Well, okay, so... When that happened in the third period, I was really interested to hear what the players and DJ would have to say afterwards. Yeah. Because it was a game that they were never in from the very beginning. And in the middle of the second period, what did they have? Like seven shots or something like that? Mm-hmm. They were never in this hockey I think
1: game. they got shot 9-1 to start, didn't they? Like, yeah. They were little. never in the game.
0: And... It looked like Florida scored on their first shot, and then they end up scoring on their second shot. They're on the po- like they were never in the hockey game. Yeah. And then when your team is never in the game, and then they lose their temper at the end, they look like whiny crybabies yeah. about things aren't going our way, and we're just going to do Throw something. A little too. T- yeah, tamper we're going to do something about it, yeah. even though they're not doing anything about it other than making the Kachuk family mad
1: in the stands. <laughs> Oh man, Grandma chuckle She was not happy. She was not mad though. She looked she looked disheartened. Like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, I, folded my ar- boys. <laughs> folded arms.
0: She is not
1: happy no, with what's going so. on. Yeah.
0: Which was one of the highlights. Yeah, for sure. But then I heard DJ Smith say two things at the end of the game that I thought were going
1: to get him fired. And they still might get him fired. Is one of them that this was, we weren't ready to play and that's on me. Yes. If I'm hanging on by a thread, I'm going to stop pointing out that this is my fault. (laughs) We know it's your fault. Stop saying
0: it. And then at the end, that's not how I want our team and my team to to play. It's not how I want them to act. But you're the coach. (laughs) Right. And they acted that way under you when apparently they're trying to save your job. Yeah. So... Two things at the end of the game really struck a chord with me. Like, okay, your team's not ready to go at the beginning. You're playing a divisional opponent. And when you look around, I know we'll talk about this later, but you look around, there's three-point games in the division Mm -hmm. everywhere. You're getting embarrassed at home. And then you throw a temper tantrum at the end and you come out and say, We weren't ready to play. That's on me. And I didn't like how they acted at the end. Almost like I don't have control of them. And then they talk a good game. The players that we love DJ and we want the noise to go away. But then they act like that and they make it look like they want their coach fired. So either they can't control their emotions at the time that they need to. Mm -hmm. But this is getting away really, really quickly and it's just so.
1: A lot I ch- of people will be yelling at their devices right now. Saying, a lot of games in hand, but you are at the literal bottom of the conference right now. Now, if you shuffle it for points percentage, all these things, but you're not in a good spot here. And again, for like the sixth straight year, right. and. This was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule, right? It hasn't been particularly challenging in terms of opponent. It certainly hasn't been challenging in sort of pacing, although depending on what you think of the the cross-Atlantic Ocean trip, but it's about to get rough all through December. Like, they play every other night through December. That's 15 games with a Christmas break in there. So this is going to be more often than every other night. The, the easy part of the schedule... Is over. Now, could you get in a rhythm playing every other night? I guess that's possible. But this team has never shown, this group has never shown an ability to string together wins for long periods of time. And that's what's going to have to happen now. So let's say they outperform
0: what people think in the month of December, those 15 games, and they go eight and seven.
1: Oof, that's just barely outperforming. (laughs)
0: No, but it is a rough that's, stretch. It is a rough if, stretch. If they go eight and seven or nine and six, then that's actually doing quite well, wouldn't you say, for that month with that stretch of games and the tough opponents? I, I try to ignore the other what's part. What's already
1: it. happened? Sure, I guess so, but it won't be enough.
0: And this is my point. Yeah.
1: Okay. In a vacuum, yes. Eight and seven through a stretch like that, ignoring everything else, would be fine. But you haven't given yourself the opportunity well, to go they, eight and seven. They don't have room to go that's eight mean. and seven, and their
0: goaltending sucks. but what's even worse is their play in their own end. And I think when you start to evaluate this and DJ Smith is so far into it, I try to remove the emotion from it. If you're a sense fan and say, okay, is my team getting better? The defense core was supposed to be better. Right.
1: The talent was better. The players Ch- were better. Yeah.
0: Chikrin's in. Yeah. Your top four is as solid as it comes.
1: Yeah. Chikrin. Now, some injury. Yeah. Struggle. Zub's been out. He's yeah, Shabbat's, Shabbat's out. has been out. But Coming back. But you're right. Your defense isn't very
0: good. No. Especially in their own end. They're scoring goals and ke- sure. kind of keeping the yep. team afloat from the back end that way. But in their own end, they are average to below average. Yeah. The forwards coming back into their own end, I still to this day wonder what happens at practice. And I've heard some of the stories about what guys were like in in Belleville and and you know what they were like in junior. I
1: have to tell you some stories about what I was like in Belleville. <laughs>
0: but again, some of it comes with yeah, you had to tell this guy every day. And every day. You're like, oh, I just told him, but he's not doing it. I feel
1: like we're talking about Batherson.
0: We are. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So, because he still has no idea where to go. When he why back in would his own you end.
0: expect it? And he's never cared. He hasn't cared in junior. Yeah. He didn't care in Belleville, and he always, always, always scored his way out of it. Yep. Which is an amazing talent to have. It's just not how you win at the highest level. So. You have to be able to score. You have to be able to do those things in big moments. But you can't. And look, sometimes he gets too much of the flack because Brady blows the zone and Stutzla backhand sauces the pass and they don't get in trouble because Stutzla scored out of midair in Sweden and everything's right. (laughs) That was sweet. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. Yeah. But it just counters giving away the puck in his own zone. Yeah. And so... While those guys are really talented, you can't tell me that the forwards are getting better defensively. Because I'll sit here and argue with you all day. Offensive talent is more
1: God-given than it is... Defense is taught, offense is inherited kind of thing.
0: Right. Now, you can get better. Sure. You can improve your shot. You can understand where space is. You can... Understand timing. Improve at,
1: your skating in the At the professional.
0: The There's a lot of things you can do. Yep. But when you see the new Eric Condor, Rourke Chartre, <laughs> when you see him around the net, you're like, okay, this guy tries as hard as anybody. I actually feel bad. I think he's played really well. But he's had umpteen chances, and he couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. Right. And that's what separates the God-given talent to some of the higher-end guys to the guys that are trying to get there. But defense is taught. And when you work really hard and you pay attention to detail defensively, you might not be the world's best defensive player, but you can be good and good enough to win. And I don't see the improvement in the forward group. Brady still blows the zone. Stutz still does cheats all the time. They're amazingly talented offensively. Batherson's great on the power play, but they're not getting better defensively. Josh Norris still looks frail to me. Yeah. And I get it. I, under- hesitant, right? I understand. Like, yeah. But it doesn't make it right where he's getting lost in zones and not picking guys up and leaving guys after face-offs that go in and score. It's like that one that they scored the other night, literally off the face-off, and they go to the net and I'm watching three guys stand in front of the Ottawa goaltender and I'm seeing Jake Sanders. I'm like, where did the other guys come from? Back it up like two and a half seconds. Mm-hmm. And Norris is taking the face off against the guy and literally letting him go to the net. Guess and that's who's, supposed
1: to be your two-way guys. Guess who scored? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah.
0: so the forwards aren't getting better. The defense isn't improving defensively. Their goaltending is average. Yeah. Why do we think that this team is going to improve under DJ Smith and Jack Capuano and Davis Payne? Like, w- what is it that makes you think that they're going to get monumentally better? They might go through a stretch where sure. they win more than they lose, yep. but so do all teams. I-, I just don't understand. I get the new ownership that they don't want to make you know all yeah, these they're trying sun- to in- bring in stability moves, here, yeah. but at some point.
1: The stability starts with getting the guy in that you want. Hindsight being what it is, would you have just done it when you did Dorian? Or is that too much all at once?
0: No, I think DJ deserved a chance, but the chance is over. Okay. It's at the end of November. The chance is over. And when they came back from Sweden and laid a couple of big eggs, yeah. it's over. Like it, I thought it should have been done before Sweden.
1: They won a couple of games in Sweden. Okay. Well, and the thing is, you can't. Do it now, really, until the All-Star break. Like, you can whenever you want, but in terms of giving the new guy any opportunity, like, this is your last, this these three days between Monday's big loss yeah. and Friday, I think it's Seattle yeah. in here. Um, that was your opportunity. Sorry. Three days off, you could have ins- brought in somebody new and installed them and, and gotten s- at least a practice or two under your belt. Now you're going to go through this December stretch where it's every other day, it would be, Not impossible. You could do it, but that guy's not going to have a practice until January. Um, You're not really interested in firing DJ over Christmas break. Even that's kind of, that's more of a Melnick era thing to do. And then, so if they lose the next five in a row, you're not going to fire him? I guess you could. I just mean the best opportunities have passed you by. You're not giving the new guy a great runway here to drop him into this December stretch. So 'd no, almost have to w- I get it if they lose five in a row and three of them look like that Monday one did then you're you're gonna be forced you into have it. to you'll be forced into but it. but this would have been better to do it now and give that new guy a couple of days here don't you think if it wasn't done I was
0: the one saying it should have been done before Sweden because when they left to go to Sweden I'll have to go back and look at how many days now it's been um as we sit here on the Wednesday I think it's been four 14 or 15 days since they've gone to Sweden? Like since they played the last game and then had yeah, a couple it'd be of days. Yeah, 16
1: or so, right? Cuz they went over on a Sunday night, okay. I believe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so it's been 16 or 17.
1: Yeah. How many games they played? 4. Yeah.
0: Well, that would have been the time you have 17 calendar days and you've only played four times. That would have been the time that if you are going to bring somebody
1: in, anytime you do it now, it is still like dragging that story over to Europe with you. And instead of having these fun stories about Alfie playing, whatever that racquetball sport was with all your guys, you're talking about the new coach. Padel. Padel. Yeah, uh, what do you think? Uh, we got to move along here a little bit. I want to ask you though the Brady versus Matthew dynamic in that game, and and that's been talked about a fair bit this week because Matthew Kachuk is a similar player to Brady, but not really. Like he's a, he's more pesty, whereas Brady's more power forward. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both have a ton of skill, both have a ton of talent, both can score. Um, but Matthew is the one who's going to instigate the shit more than Brady is, and. It's been made pretty clear Brady isn't going to fight his brother, nor I don't know if it's even reasonable to expect him to. And I wonder what that dynamic is doing because it allows Matthew to dictate the terms every time because our other guys on Brady's team going, that's our captain and he's not doing it so we don't follow him. That's his brother, so we shouldn't fight him either. Like I, Now, Jake Sanderson went right after Matthew Kachuk. After Kachuk called him out. Yeah, but this is a little bit of a a dynamic that's been talked about this week. The idea that the Panthers kind of get to dictate the terms here a little bit. If if Ottawa's big guy, this is going to be the wrong term, don't get pissed at me here, Sens fans, is going to shy away from Matthew a little bit. He's not shying away because he's scared. It's not that he won't hit him, but Matthew's the one who's going to always start shit, and if Brady doesn't want to answer it, that's a problem for Ottawa.
0: Well, okay, let's be clear that Matthew is also not going to finish it. Because the brothers will not fight. No. No, both of them will not fight. But if he's going to
1: sit there and slash the goalies and whatever, at some point, somebody's got to do something. Yeah, but so did Brady. Yeah. Right? Like, it drove me crazy, and I actually love... You don't think Brady's as much of a pest. I I love the... Yes, I do. Um, To me, Brady's more of a power guy. Matthew's more of a pest guy. Okay. Yeah. So when Brady Kachuk
0: went in on a breakaway in that game and intentionally ran into the goalie afterwards, is that not pesty? It is a little pesty. Okay. So I I think Matthew gets more headlines for being that way. Brady's a pain in the ass. hundred percent. And in a good way. Yeah. But
1: in that instance, it drove me crazy. The announcers. I look at Brady, and maybe we shouldn't get bogged up, but I look at Brady closer to like a Todd Bertuzzi, and I look at Matthew as more like, like a Brad Marchand.
0: Yeah, I don't think it, the gap is is that big. Okay, I think we're you're overlooking how big of a pain in the ass Brady is, and some of the little things that he does to try to get under the skin. He might do it in a little bit different way, yeah. not as in your face, but he does stuff like he did, and the announcers blew over it like it was nothing. Oh, I I don't know who's getting the penalty here. Like the the referee shot his arm right up. Yeah, Kachuk Brady Kachuk is on the breakaway. He shoots it pretty much right at the goalie, and then he literally tries to go <laughs> into the goalie, Yeah, and they go into the corner. The referee's arm goes up, and the announcers are going, well, I don't know who's getting this the penalty on here. here. like, what are you talking <laughs> about? But Brady gets beloved in the city for doing those things, where yeah. we see Matthew or anybody else as the antagonist for yeah. doing those same things. Hmm. Also, Matthew plays on a better team. Yes, he does. And... He's always going to look a little bit better or more pesky or whatever antagonistic, like Brad Marchand, because they play on good teams and they come back it on the ice and then they score and then they'll be the camera will be on them and they'll be in somebody's I face. Guess, but he was
1: he was doing the same shit in Calgary and they weren't any good at the time. So I, I don't know that in Cal- just-
0: But less in Calgary because they weren't winning as much, and I think winning has a big part of how much you can do it. Maybe we see it more because everyone's into the Kachuk angle with Florida yeah. and Ottawa Eastern Time Zone. But I think the more winning you do, if you're a pain in the ass guy, it only And you
1: win pushes you
0: along. You but... can be a bigger pain in the ass. <laughs> and right now, Matthew Kachuk is a bigger pain in the ass because his team is really good and Brady's team isn't. And you can't be that big of a pain in the ass on a team that is they can't back it up. Yes, yeah, that yeah. is it isn't living up to expectations all the time. Yeah. You gotta wait your turn. And you know, I think I hate to bring it back, but this is why the Shane Corsons and the Darcy Tuckers and the Travis Greens and all of those guys who were like that were like that because the Leafs were good. Yeah. And if the Leafs weren't good, all they'd be looked at as a distraction to what the actual goal really was. But because they were really good, Mm -hmm. they could be like that. Yeah. Just another element to a good winning just adds it more. And I look at Matthew as the guy who can be a bigger pain in the ass because his team's better. That's all. And look, I don't know if it's Brady, not standing up to him. Brady's got to stand up to him. Like the rest of the guys do to be competitive and not fighting down five, nothing, and looking like you're competitive, that's not being competitive. No. Sorry, Zach McEwen. Man, Zach McE- Was uh, that one of the dumbest things
1: so, you've ever seen? It's like, can I, can I do, just? do you think you're standing up for anybody when you do that? Ryan Reeves can't stay in the lineup. And when he's in the lineup, people are laughing at him for trying to justify his own existence when he tries to fight. In Boston, Milan Lucic is allegedly being kept away from his team right now for, again, allegedly fighting more family members than other NHL players and Zach McEwen has already been to the minors and when he got another chance back in here he's costing his team power plays and stupid but this infusion of toughness that rushed into the Atlantic in the off season this year has not really panned out for anybody so far you can't (laughs) be tough
0: and not be able to play we've known this for a long time yeah Matthew Matthew Kachuk's the perfect example yeah Brady Kachuk's a perfect example You got to go back out on the ice and score and make a difference and do those things. Be good on the ice, be competitive, and then push yourself.
1: Uh, before we take a quick break here, this broke just before we started recording. I just wanted to comment quickly and, yep. and see if you did as well. The Toronto Blue Jays, and and more accurately, the Fan 590 yeah. has announced that they have, uh, they're not renewing the contract of radio play-by-play man Ben Wagner, who I'm a big fan of. I thought he calls a really nice game and he has been treated terribly by uh not not uh, particularly uniquely by Sportsnet and and Rogers over the last couple of years yep. um not being sent on the road for games uh a rotating cast of color people if he had color people at all uh being sidelined completely during the pandemic season when they just decided fuck it we'll just play the TV broadcast over the radio this is a guy who I thought called a really nice game, put up with a lot of shit, and they have decided uh, to let him go. Um, I have no trouble believing he'll find a job very quickly. I would assume you're looking at Ben Shulman as the new guy. He's a lot younger. You can probably pay him a little less. There's maybe maybe just a little bit of a rub from dad uh, that, uh, that gets that name in well, the door. You should have started there. Um, yeah, no, that's something to, and, and this is not to crap on Ben Shulman. Cause I've actually enjoyed his growth here over the last couple of years since he started filling in when Ben is either doing TV or taking it's a It's like
0: Jack Collinsworth on the NFL. He looks and sounds exactly like his dad, but <laughs> once you actually listen to him, he's really good. He is good. And so I feel bad for Ben Wagner yeah. who never had a chance. No. And honestly, like this is, I hate to say it like this lived his dream despite not being treated
1: fairly because life. Isn't that the sports media business at this point? Life isn't. They treat you poorly because you want this job.
0: Yep. Life isn't all that fair. And for the, and not that Ben would do this. We can comment that he wasn't treated fairly, Yeah, but he'll probably come on and tell you that he got to live out a dream of a lifetime to be able to do what he did. Now he didn't get treated properly along the
1: way. I wouldn't be shocked if he's not all that upset to be given the chance here to go let a different organization treat him better. He, again, he would never say that. And maybe, I don't know that that's how he feels. But here's, here's what's going to happen in every organization.
0: Every organization is going to be the in-house. We've talked about, uh, and forgive me. Well, this me, one already the, is,
1: right? The Baltimore Orioles yes. guy. Whose his name escapes me off, off um, the top of my head who was punished for- uh,
0: Just telling the stats of what they were <laughs> in- Reading statistics. In Tampa. Hey, yeah. they haven't been, and then almost apologizing. No, Tampa's been really good. Like they've been dominant over everybody. Yeah. No, nah, we're still going to punish you. Um, there isn't a lot of independent journalism out there. Right. That especially with- Teams that control or will control or are gaining some control now of all of their broadcasts, they will do what they want, when they want, and how they want. And if you don't fit in, it doesn't matter how good you are. And that's just, that's sorry that the media business is like that, but I'm telling you, yeah, it is going to be more and more and more like that all the time. And. Yeah, that sucks. It does. For, for Ben, it, it sucks for a lot of people that, you know, have been in the position of not having a real chance at the end of the day because they're just going to do whatever they want to do. I thought you were going to bring up the fact that They're getting Otani? Vladdy Guerrero and Bob Bichette mm. are on the market. Sure. And I told you, you told me that they would never trade Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I
1: still don't think they are. Yeah. Apparently he's on the market. would would you believe that? Apparently teams are that? calling no and, one has said he's available. Anyway,
0: what, what do you mean?
1: We got, we got other stuff to get into. Let's take a break. What Let's grab mean? another beer. If
0: I'm yeah. reading
1: yeah. on all of the top right. outlets oh,
0: that his yeah, name, I'm get another beer. yeah, I know you are, <laughs> but that his name's available. Here's what I will tell you: I, the Blue Jays might not have said he's available, but if they didn't want those reports out, those reports would not be out. Period. Yeah.
1: No. We'll be back in a second. That's it. Other teams release reports too. Sometimes, mm-hmm. other teams leak things. The ginger cream ale, okayla. So we are uh, back in, yeah, with a new pint. This one from uh, Whippersnapper. Actually, the uh, the women's sports trivia night that we referenced a little while ago. Uh was my second trivia night of the week. It was over at Simpsons Trivia Night at Whippersnapper Brewing Company on Saturday. How did you do there? Are you a Simpsons guy? I am, for sure. And so Shrides and Josh and I were at that. Uh, Josh is not a Simpsons guy, so he uh, he was actually watching I don't want to like him. Could you not say things that are going to make me like him? This is a, this is going to lead you even further in that direction. While we were playing, he was watching Survivor Series on his phone uh, So <laughs> while we were at the table. So, um yeah, we, uh, that was a lot of fun and it, it had a cool vibe to it, right? Like if you're all nerds for the same thing and someone says the line and everybody knows to say the next line together, everybody's laughing and singing the songs and whatever else, right? It was a really good time over at, uh, at Whippersnapper and it gave me an opportunity to pick up a couple of new things, including this one that, uh, if we're, if we're going to serve Lee some kind of out there beers, this one, uh, this one jumped off the page, man. So I've had this before. Oh, okay. But I have not had it in a couple of years. Right. Uh okay la, I guess, is how that's supposed to be. It that, is
0: ginger coriander cream ale.
1: Yeah. Now those are some interesting things to play off of each other. Like I don't mind some ginger in my beer, I don't mind some coriander in my beer. I'm not sure I've had them together in my beer. So uh we'll see what that's all about. Um we've had a few different things from uh whippersnapper on here lately, so Enjoying it. Including Ian. Including Ian. Who got into the fridge? All right.
0: (laughs) He did get into the fridge, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah.
1: Yep. Ooh. Ooh. I guess that's. Are you a ginger person? Not really. Why not? I kind of mind, uh, you know, like some Christmas cookies or whatever now and then, but no, not not, not in a big way. Like not a ginger snaps kind of guy or. Just a snap guy. Yeah. Snappy guy. Snappy,
0: uh, lose it. I am a snappy guy. Thank you. For so that. I'm a big ginger fan. Okay. I love, one of the biggest treats I could have Ooh. is a Krabby's ginger beer, which is like a brought over from England and it's not a beer. It's, I mean, it's called a ginger beer, right? But it's, you can get non-alcoholic ginger beer at the grocery yeah, store. Yeah. And it's got a little spice. It's got some ginger. They have alcoholic versions. Krabby's is one of them that did. They have a normal version and then they've released some other ones that I just were my absolute favorite. They had an orange one. Um, but I'm a huge ginger fan. Okay. So how does this
1: treat me on the first okay. poll there?
0: So I'm going to be honest, Ian and everybody else from Whippersnapper, I've had this before. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of been lukewarm to it. Okay. I don't know what they've done,
1: but it's better. Okay. A little bit more gingery, Mm -hmm. a little bit more snappy. Yeah, right up front. It's grabbing you by the haunches and pulling you into this beer. Get into it. The what? I don't know. The The, haunches. The haunches.
0: So. (laughs) The
1: cojones.
0: (laughs) You and I talk about it all the time. If you're going to be something, be it. And when you start off as a ginger, coriander, cream ale, I've found in the past that Whippersnapper has a bit of a, a taste to all of its beers. And that could be just my palate, Hmm. but sometimes I get the same taste from a lot of their beers and the ginger one, Okela fell into that category Again, I haven't had it in two years. Yep. It's not falling into that category anymore. Okay. Like you said, ginger off the top, a little bit of spice off the top. Yeah. I got more ginger than the coriander.
1: And. The ginger is the predominant flavor for sure. I think they've improved it, which I like the fact that, you know, you keep keep working on your beers. tinkering, keep working on it. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm here for Okla. Uh, we got a message on Monday morning from mm-hmm. listener to the podcast, Matt, Mott. Matt, Matt, you'd think I'd be able to say that word, Matt McIntosh. Oh, double M. Sure. Frequent listener, frequent contributor. Oh, frequent, the uh, apple commenter. of my eyes. That's right. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you talked a couple times on the podcast about your common sense rules. And Could everything.
0: we just have some common sense in the world of sports? <laughs> so is it possible?
1: is all he was asking he's like I can't wait to hear Lee's common sense take on uh, on Eagle's bills first from of all Sunday Nick night.
0: Sirianni yeah. and his stupid pull his crap out of his ass every goddamn game you know <laughs> what I'm happy I mean, it actually makes me joyous that they didn't deserve to beat Washington like four weeks ago they pulled that one out of their ass they didn't deserve to beat Dallas they did. They didn't deserve to um, beat Buffalo this last week. Mm -hmm. And who was the tough? Oh, Kansas City. They didn't deserve to win that game either. And don't get me wrong. They're a good team. But there are good teams that find ways to win through skill. And then there are teams that find ways to win because they get lucky. And over the course of... Keep that
1: in your back pocket when we get to a little Leafs talk here later on.
0: Over the course of... A season, you can run hot and then you can run cold, but it is very difficult to run hot all year long by simply getting calls and bounces and things that just go your way. It doesn't happen in the NFL from week one through to the end of the Super
1: Bowl. So you're calling for a fall off here.
0: And when it happens, it's going to be Humpty Dumpty falling (laughs) off the goddamn wall with Nick Sirianni first crashing headfirst. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch it. I actually don't care if it's Dallas or San Francisco or Detroit, or I hope it's goddamn New Orleans. (laughs) But they are pulling multiple rabbits out of their hat every week. The Eagles, yeah. The Eagles, and it's going to end, but it didn't end last week because not only do they get they get a fifty nine yard field goal to tie things up to to give it to overtime, where <laughs> Jake Elliott is just like draining. It's, it's bad weather. It's like he's never hitting that field goal. <laughs> well, of course he did because it's because it's the Eagles. But fine. You go to overtime, Buffalo throws one in the end zone. It's one of those, the, Gabe Davis is so open that it's just, and he turns the wrong way. He literally turned to his left, and if he turned to his right, <laughs> he catches the touchdown and the Bills win. Okay, they don't. That's fine. They kick field goal. But the call that Matthew and a lot of other people are talking about is the catch over the middle that would have ended... The game for the Eagles because they would have given the ball back to Buffalo. And it was another one of those does he have position? What is the legal definition of a catch? Right. And it's supposed to be now the rule, right? Of you're supposed to have put the ball away. So you have to catch it, you got to pull it into what they call a football position, like, okay, I haven't just caught it in front of me, but I've now secured it. I've tucked it. Yes. And then I'm taking you know, three steps towards where I'm trying to go before it's considered a catch. We can play with these rules and where a guy's foot is and how many steps he's taken, but sometimes you only have to watch something once to go, yeah, he didn't catch that. Or he absolutely caught that and was running with the football, right? Right. You only have to see it once. You don't need to break it down for four and a half minutes. Like (laughs) I think that uh, offside goal that was allowed from Florida was four minutes and 50 seconds. Yep. Nice. Nice job, NHL. That That was really fun. Put it up on the board. It looks offside. Spend five minutes. Tell us it's onside, but don't tell us why and then move on.
1: Um, I'm giving officials three watches at regular speed. That's it. Back out. You go make your call. Anyway.
0: Common sense. Okay. What you're just saying to me is like, okay, I'm going to get another chance to look at it, but I'm going to get to look at it at regular speed. Yeah. And I'm going to get to, even if you want to. Zooming in in 4K. Even if you want to slow it down, you watch it once. Right. And you make a decision. What happened here? Okay. I'm going to watch it again. Okay. That's what happened. Yeah. So. Of course, the Eagles receiver tucked the ball, took a couple of steps, fumbled. They concluded that he didn't take enough steps after the ball was tucked, and he was running with the football. They concluded it wasn't enough steps, and we're going to call this incomplete. And it ended up winning the Eagles the football game. And yeah, I'm sour on the Eagles, but I'm more sour on what you just said. If you want to have an official look at something or even have a group of, and I brought this up before, the rugby. Hmm. If anybody has ever watched World Cup rugby in the final, okay, the World Cup final that was South Africa and New Zealand, with the all box, they not only have a live mic on the official that's on the field, the referee, they have a war room with about four or five people in this war room looking at the TVs and all of their mics are hot all the time. And they look at it and go, okay, we're going to review this. And they don't stop the game. The player goes off the field. Right. In rugby, it's amazing. The player just goes off the field and sits and waits for this determination. And But you hear the discussion, right? Yep. They watch it yep. and they watch it a few times And then they decide and everything's done in real time. And then they go down to the official and the official then tells the players in the field. And while they're disappointed, the captain of the All Blacks, the captain, the best player on the All Blacks of New Zealand in the World Cup final, got a yellow card reviewed to what ended up being a red card. And a disqualification. And it was just like, okay, this is what we've decided, and right. he's Carry not gonna on. play anymore. And yep. there was no complaining. There was no it would be like Connor McDavid getting a penalty in the in the first ten minutes of game seven of the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, game misconduct. And sorry, Connor, you're out, and that's it. Yeah. This is what you did. Here's a little video we've just decided. Why can't we just do this? Why can't we just look at something once or twice and go, that's clearly a catch. (laughs) And he fumbled. Why are we giving a guy a benefit of the doubt that he caught the ball over the middle, he went from catching it in front of his numbers on his jersey to tucking it in his left arm to taking two steps and then fumbling. And you're going to tell me, It's not what we consider a catch. You know what I consider a catch? (laughs) Holding the ball in front of you before you even tuck it because you've got it and now you're... But if you want to go and and tuck it, fine. But now you got to take three steps. It's just a joke. (laughs) Bring some common sense back into officiating where I'll go back and I know this is a Bills-Eagles thing, but... I'll go back to that sends Panthers offside. Right. Okay. I'm going to look at it once, twice, and go, okay, it looks like even though the puck was brought in, he lifted his stick, and he never touched it until the player had cleared the zone. Okay. It's onside. It's a goal. I'm going to decide in 20 seconds, and then when I go back out, I'm going to tell everyone, Hey. The puck did cross the, the blue line before the player came out, but the next player to touch the puck didn't touch it until the zone was cleared, therefore making it a good goal. Here we go. Like it five minutes <laughs> for the home team, which always is going to happen. I'm not blaming the sense. Every rink, they're only going to show you the photos that make it look like.
1: Yeah, that your side. That
0: wins. your side wins. Yeah. And when your side doesn't win after the fans sit around for five minutes, you think that's good for the game? You think that's good that they get up and go, what in the bleep just happened? I'm looking at this. It looks offside. You you spent five minutes looking at it. So you've seen it a billion times. Nobody's explaining to me what's happening, but you're just going to call it a goal. Oh yeah, I'm going to rush back to see your product. Same thing in football. It's okay to have somebody up above to go, Okay, let's just take a look at that. Did he catch it? Well, yeah, he tucked it. and He took a couple of steps. Yeah, he caught it. It's clear he caught it. He fumbled. Let's go. Didn't happen. Eagles won again. Eagles won again. Choke. Red hot, man. Red hot. No, the, no, the team that's red hot mm. is now in the MVP discussion and had the greatest game. And I'm not going to let this go. Uh, you thought I was going to overlook this. I'm not. Pro Football Focus has been doing their own ratings for a long time. It's not the quarterback rating that the NFL puts out. The perfect number apparently is 158.3. How you get to 158.3, I have no idea, but that's the perfect number. You think you'd make it like 10, 100. Something
1: nice and even. 158.3. It's like people who think Fahrenheit makes more sense than Celsius. (laughs) Obviously, things freeze at 32 degrees, what the hell? Where'd you pull that out of? Zero, zero to a hundred. This is the scale.
0: <laughs> it's not complicated. So pro football focus has been doing it for a long time. Dak Prescott had a game. It's actually out of a hundred, their quarterback rating. Can you imagine that? <laughs> had a game at over 97% was the best single game by any quarterback in 16 years since Tom Brady in 2007. Hmm. He had that game last Thursday.
1: On the Thursday nighter, so nobody saw it. It was Thanksgiving. Everybody <laughs> oh, right, saw right, it. Right, right, right. Everybody. Sorry, I'm not I just told you I don't understand Fahrenheit. I also don't understand American Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> you, you don't, eh?
0: I understood <laughs> I understood how well he played. And look, he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's now in the MVP race, and Aaron Rodgers was talking about him, which makes me just cringe. Yeah that Aaron Rodgers is like,
1: Aaron oh, Rodgers knows things. He's, he's I just, like he's,
0: Oh, I like that. Go on. <laughs> Aaron, shut up. You're not coming back this year. You never were coming back this year. Stop pretending to keep yourself in the spotlight on McAfee show that you Oof. are going to come back. Yeah. It's a, like, honestly, have that guy go away. I don't need that guy trumpeting my quarterback <laughs> to say that he's great. Ew, now we like the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Um, But Dak Prescott's playing at a very, very high level. They do play as this airs. They do play tonight against Seattle in in the Thursday night game. Uh, They they do play the Eagles after that, which I'm obviously (laughs) not going to be happy about. But they're already. I talk about the NHL playoff system and how I don't like it. The only thing I do like about the NHL playoff system is for – most of the year, you don't know who you're going to be playing in the playoffs.
1: Yeah. Unless you ask a Leaf fan who knows every year, it's us in Tampa. In yeah. <laughs> round one, it has been since right. January. But, you, I but mean, for the most part, you're correct. The last couple of years,
0: probably the anomaly, right? Of yes. That Boston right. got out to such a big lead yep. that you know, like two and three are going to and go And the bottom
1: off. teams were struggling so hard that it was yeah. really just left to Toronto and Tampa.
0: Right. And okay, like you have time to prepare. Sure. But you're going to have to explain. I I knew you weren't getting into this, but now I'm getting into this. (laughs) So in sports, I am okay with you having, in any sport you have, I'm okay with you having divisions. And if you win that division, I don't care if you win the division at whatever your record is, you deserve to make the playoffs. What you don't
1: deserve is home ice is a seating yeah. that
0: is above teams that have outperformed you.
1: I guess I'm fine with that. It always used to be the, in the NHL, right? That Southeast division, mm-hmm. it was always Carolina or whoever won a shit division yeah. and would get third place in the conference right. while three teams behind them had better records. So I'm, I guess I'm with you. you. You get to get in, you're the best of the shit birds in your division, but you don't necessarily get home ice. You don't, you know, if if you finished seventh in the conference, you're seventh you get in the, the conference. seventh seed. You're in.
0: Yes, yeah. but that's it. So let's then transfer that to the National Football League. Yeah, who had Dallas roll into Tampa last year? And I know Brady was their quarterback, but they were god awful. Dallas had a better record, and Dallas destroyed them in the playoffs. Right. I can tell you right now, as we sit here at the end of November, that in the middle of January. The Dallas Cowboys will be going to the winner of the crappiest division in all of football. (laughs) And I don't think that that's a good thing for anybody. So as I look at these divisions now and I see the fact that the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints, Atlanta's first, I guess, because they've beat them or whatever, but Atlanta and New Orleans are both five and six yes. and they both lead they're tied for the top of their division right because Tampa at four and seven and Carolina at one and ten are also in their division so at five and six and they're crappy teams so you play 17 games at best they're probably going to finish eight and nine sure at best yeah well the Cowboys are eight and three right now <laughs> Why in the world should Dallas have to go and travel to
1: yeah, New the Orleans,
0: Atlanta, yeah. wherever in the playoffs? And I know it on November the 29th, 30th, into the middle of January. Why do I know this already? Bad for sports. Why can't teams, like, again, you want to compete for your division? You got divisional games down the line? Yeah. Okay, you're, you make the playoffs if you win your
1: division. But we'd like to have some late season suspense here still. No, not, but
0: not, I, I know what you're saying, but. If you finish eight and nine, yeah. then you should be on you're the, the road. road.
1: You are the road team.
0: Yes. And you're <laughs> six or seven of the seven teams in your conference that make the playoffs, period. Right. W- w- common sense. Back to common sense. Oh, let's have a team that 12 and five. They're going to visit the seven and 10. Atlanta Falcons in the first round. Oh, and it's in Atlanta. Why? Oh, well, we can't really tell you because Atlanta beat these three crappy teams and they're seven and ten. Why are they hosting? Not sure. <laughs> Doesn't common sense say just fix it? They make the playoffs, but the games sure at the
1: team that's better. I I would have no argument okay. with that. All right, good. I have a feeling we're going to have an argument about this next subject. Oh, excellent. Uh. Your Toronto Maple Leafs, everybody's favorite team. Whose? Yeah, yours, not mine. No. All right, my Toronto Maple Leafs, God's team in the NHL, continues to sputter along. Continues to have a laugh. God does at them. <laughs> he does do that. <laughs> He's a very creative. Oh, in his he, Way to end our seasons. He makes He's different. Got a things bottomless out. pit of ideas on how to. Anyway, uh, they come home from Sweden. And uh, lose, blowing a lead to the Chicago Blackhawks, who were in the midst of their own turmoil at that moment. Uh, they go the next night to Pittsburgh, lose. Uh, they come home on Tuesday and play the Florida Panthers, uh, who are the road team on the second half of a back-to-back, starting Anthony Stoller's in net. And just barely pull that one out of the fire in the shootout. And even then, only after a shootout goal is disallowed, half the team, both teams, have disappeared down the uh, the hallway like the game's over. The refs review it, call everybody back out, and the Leafs end up winning it. So that, that's fun. That that's, was that's great. Florida theater. was in a good move about or good mood about that. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Maurice Paul Maurice had several quotes after the game, but the one on the bench, if you're a lip reader, uh, he's looking at the ref, going, "How about now? Is are we done? Fuck off." <laughs> yeah. So I love Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice
0: has some things to say. He's not the often. greatest coach. No. It's a good quote. man, is he fun to
1: listen to. <laughs> yeah. So, these are hardly dominating wins over some of the... The Panthers are a good team. The Penguins and the Blackhawks were not. Mm-hmm. Uh, they managed to beat Minnesota in the second game there in Sweden, who, again, were spiraling out of control. That one had to be pulled out and, and won in overtime. Mm-hmm. And I just... This team right now is tied with the Columbus Blue Jackets in regulation wins, mm-hmm. which is not the only defining category, right? Your shootout wins count. Your overtime wins count. But if you are a team that considers itself a contender, you'd like to see a few more 4-2 to two wins in comfortable fashion, right? 5-1 somewhere, 3-1 somewhere here. And they're just feeling like nothing's quite going right. Over the last couple of years, uh, the Matthews-Marner combination has always outscored the competition by a good 10 to 12 goals this year. They are being outscored together. The defense, which was rickety at best has some holes in it. Liljegren, uh, we can talk about the Klingberg thing if you want, but Giordano just went down. Sounds like he's going to miss some time. They are, despite the fact that they hold down the first wild card right now, tied with Detroit, who has third place in the division, not looking like a team that a lot of people, I don't know if you were one of them, but this is the first year I said in a very long time, I think they could win the division. And they do not look like that team right now. They're already eight back of Boston. All right. So let's. uh, So should I tell people what happened in our notes?
0: No, just let's back up and have a discussion here. Okay. okay? (laughs) Number one, if the Leafs went 82 and 0 in the regular season, would you, would you be confident of them going into the playoffs? Yes, I would.
1: Thank you for that very rational question, Lee.
0: You would? Yes. You'd be confident that they're going to they win the gone, Stanley Cup?
1: Yeah. If they had gone 82 and 0, yeah. I would feel pretty good about them. You would. You yeah. wouldn't be worried? No. Okay.
0: Well, you'd be the only one. Awesome. So as
1: I look at it and-, and Did look, they win all 82 in the shootout? <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. <laughs> all right. Um, well then all of a sudden I would feel like the coin's going to start coming up the other way.
0: <laughs> so as I look at things here and this is just my perspective. Yeah, okay, You're
1: very humble about this stuff. I, yeah, yeah. Just, just my perspective. Just little old Lee letting us know what he thinks.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I see two teams, mm. two mm-hmm. in the entire Eastern conference. And I'm just going to go check the West just to be thorough. Thorough.
1: I agree. I think this is the right thing to do. Do you? Yeah. I think this is uh this is good investigative journalism you're, you're doing on the other side of the table. Okay. So we're up to th- three,
0: four. Okay. Five. Five.
1: There's some beasts out in West.
0: Okay. And then some. There no trash. So I'm just going to present this stat to you, okay. and say there are five teams in the National Hockey League, mm-hmm. not the Eastern Conference, in the National Hockey League, right? That have fewer losses in regulation than the mm-hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs do. Those teams are the LA Kings, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Dallas Stars, the New York Rangers, and the Boston Bruins. Okay. That's it. Yep. Nobody else has less losses in regulation than the Leafs do. They only have six in their first 20 games that they've played. And they've gone to Sweden and they've had to come back and they've suffered the the terrible had to go over there and lost to Chicago when they came back. Because nobody can win when they get home from Sweden, apparently.
1: Um, You're really clinging to that, eh? It can't be decided in a week. You got to figure out how this treats teams for... And yeah, Ottawa and Toronto, both came home and shit the bed. Do you know why? Detroit won two in a row, so that's an arrow against my argument.
0: Because the flight from New York or Toronto to Sweden is the same amount of time it takes for Seattle to get to Florida. It's the same Stop,
1: that's a completely disingenuous argument. We're talking about six time zones versus three. Forget the flight time. Oh, forget the flight time, which is exactly the same. Well, you don't have to completely forget it, but you're talking about six time zones. Don't act like that doesn't fuck with you. That is a ridiculous argument. So when you look at the teams in the East, I did not do the, the Western search as your thorough investigation yeah. that you just completed. Thorough, five, five, five teams. When I looked in the East, because you had, uh, had already said to me that, uh, that they are the fourth best record in the Eastern Conference. It, for points percentage. Points percentage. They That's are. Right. Fourth in the East. Fourth and East. Any idea what the other three teams ahead of them have in common? Goal differentials of plus 17, plus 17, plus 14. The Leafs, plus two. Okay. That differential is a good indicator over the course of a season, you're winning games with a bit of a gap, right? You're winning games by actually beating some teams. When you have a lead, you put your foot on their neck. Right. You don't pull things out of the fire at the last second and just scrape one out in the shooter. So out. can
0: I ask you how different the, the Leafs team is from this year to last year?
1: Yeah. How different is it? it. it they turned over a pile of guys. Okay. right. The, the, a lot of guys. Now, this team, those were depth guys. This team, for a very long time, right. has had to run through the big four. Matthews has had a really hot start and then cooled right off. He's already this season had two seven-game stretches without a five-on-five goal. Okay,
0: so my point is, is that they did they did have a lot of turnover.
1: The answer is yes, right? Yeah. That's all I need. Yeah,
0: I don't need comment after that. I well, just, uh,
1: no, I'm giving you comment. I that's know you what are. We do here. Yeah, no, I know that. That's I sat quietly while you got your common sense NFL officiating in there. You didn't and, have to. You could have completely. I had very little me. to contribute to that.
0: Uh, the <laughs> Leafs have not played one quarter of their regular season games yet. Is it fair to
1: say... They have basically played a quarter. No, they haven't. They've played 20 games in an 82-game season. So, so they have 10, what, 12 minutes into the next game, we can say they've played a quarter.
0: I can say a 100% <laughs> fact that they have not played a quarter Your of the Your math is yet. correct.
1: They have not yet done
0: so it. So is it okay if they had a huge turnover, they had to go to Sweden... And they're fourth best in the conference, or sorry, third best in the conference, tied for third. Fourth, yeah. tied for third with Detroit. Tied,
1: point, tied for third in the division. In points tied percentage, for fourth in the conference.
0: Tied for fourth in the conference. Okay.
1: With Detroit, yeah.
0: Well, only the Rangers, Boston, and Florida are ahead of them. Yep. Is
1: Almost. it
0: okay? Is it okay to not be twenty and O? And to have things to figure out. You and, did this and, last time. And you to tried learn, to say there's to, nothing wrong. This there was isn't your argument. anything there's wrong. No, you said there's this nothing then. wrong. They've lost. You're six looking times. at that blue
1: line and saying there's nothing wrong. You're looking at Mitch Marner being under and Austin Matthews being underwater together as as nothing wrong. You're looking at a goaltending tandem that you don't know who your guy is yet. uh, Joseph Wall is either shutting out the world or getting blown to smithereens out there. But
0: I think that's okay. And I'm actually being serious with you now. I know we go back and forth, but I'm being serious with you where I think it's okay for teams that have risen to the top and then failed, which we've seen a lot over the course of the last 20 years where teams are the highest scoring teams and they can't figure out a way to win the playoffs. And suddenly they have to learn how to kind of play defense to get to that next level? Like
1: Tampa did. Tampa but was this like is the, the highest. opposite of what's happened in Toronto. They were defending really well, and all of a sudden they can't to save their lives. I think it's okay to have some time to figure it out,
0: the new way to go about it, as long as you don't play yourself out.
1: Of the no, playoffs. and this is not a disaster. They're not dead and buried, anything like that. But they are lucky to be where they are. All these numbers okay. would suggest you're lucky. to to be where you are, but right
0: I think now. their top end talent
1: can well, figure out. Like you should not bet on Willie being better than he's been. Like those other guys are going to have to, and Tavares, quite frankly, they've those two have had really good starts. Willie yeah. better certainly. Matthews looks like last year's Matthews all of a sudden, and that's not good. And and Marner, it's funny when you say Marner's on point, uh, on pace for eighty six points. So for most guys in the league, awesome. But that's like 10 shy of what Marner normally does. And he doesn't look quite right. I don't think he's hurt. I could be wrong on that. But there's just, it's all not quite fitting together. Right. But maybe
0: it's okay to, as long as you don't play yourself out of it in the first two months, that you sort of learn how to adjust your game and your style, your team and your body to be the best when it matters in April and we're in November, This the discussion with the Sens and other teams is that they play so poorly, they play themselves out of yeah. contention where you can't go 12-4 and four every month to make it all back.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the Leafs haven't done that. No. And so, yeah, I'm not we can, saying it's we a disaster. can fidget I'm... with the numbers and you can tell me about the shootout wins and I can tell you with six regulation losses and the truth is in the middle. But if you haven't played yourself out of it, and you've had a bunch of turnover and you've had a massive trip i think they're okay and i think they're going to be so able you're to get acknowledging better
1: the massive trip having an impact on teams that's that's good to know we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on well
0: that, yeah the guys. leafs were able to win when they came back they didn't they lost two in a row they beat the florida panthers after the-
1: dropping two in a row to very mediocre teams Detroit's the only team who's come. like Minnesota came back and went, oh my God, and fired their coach. like yeah. It's not gone well for uh, anyone but Detroit. And and so we'll see. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. On Saturday night, I know what you were keeping an eye on. Survivor Series. Main event. We get the return of Randy Orton, which was teased. Everyone knew it was coming, but they played up a story that kind of left the door open that, oh my God, what if Randy doesn't show up? They would need another partner and they're in Chicago and there's CM Punk rumblings. I thought the way they told that story was kind of fun, but Randy does eventually come out. The other part of that is that with him returning, they had a weird
0: setup for that match in the war games where they couldn't bring him out first to the massive pot because he didn't have 45 minutes in him to go. And if he wasn't first, they were going to have to put him in a cage to sit there and wait which I thought would have been a really dumb idea. It would have killed
1: the excitement of his return. Right. To have him just standing around.
0: They, they put themselves in this box. Yeah. Of like, okay, he's gonna come back, but how are but we he's gonna, gonna do show it? Up late. We, That's yeah, we <laughs>
1: first day back to work. We
0: can't we can't bring him out right away because we're gonna blow him up and he's gonna look bad. Yeah. Or we're gonna put him in the cage for a half an hour, as soon as he comes out, which is like. I'm back guys. And then sit I'll, in a, do, I'll be over here. <laughs> sit in a cage. Yeah. So they, they box themselves in, but they also had another
1: planet. That's true. So at the end of that match, I thought they did a really interesting job in how they made it feel like this is not happening, right? CM Punk isn't going to be here. They had Michael Cole, their play-by-play guy yep. on a sign off. Thanks for watching. It's been a crazy night here. That's. They put the the copyright the trademark the credits yep. up on the screen And then hit the music, out comes punk, massive ovation. It had been sort of split earlier on in the night when those chants would start. Some people would boo. Didn't hear any booing when it actually happened because wrestling fans, as jaded as we are, love a surprise. Love a big moment. If you don't
0: like a surprise in a big moment, you're not a wrestling
1: fan. Right. And so this was an explosion um, and it came off really well. Look, we can get to Raw and what he said after that in a minute. I'm curious what you thought of the way they executed this and and everything that went on, you know, with the other guys pretending to be pissed off camera and stuff like that. So again,
0: perfect execution. If you're going to have a surprise, the night is over. The good guys have won. The trademark goes up. The announcer's signing off. And then you hit the music, it was perfect. And the WWE doesn't do perfect. Like, I I haven't seen perfect from them in a long time. Not since Kurt Hennig. Exactly. But they did this perfectly. Yep. Another thing that got overlooked is, first of all, just how good he looked. Mm -hmm.
1: He looked in really good shape. Randy also looked... uh... Jacked A little different than the last time. Yeah. So I,
0: <laughs> he looked like I've had a year and a half off and all I'm going to do is train every day.
1: Yeah. I'm not eating junk food and sleeping four hours a night yeah. in Motel 6 on the road. He looked amazing yeah. uh, to come back,
0: but it was a genuine surprise. And even when The Rock came out early September on that SmackDown. Yep. It was a genuine surprise. That's what wrestling's about. It's about how you feel when those surprises Happen, Yeah. And I am the biggest CM Punk guy going and I got sour on him with the way that he left AEW. Not that it was all his fault. There were others that were involved. But he took away from the fans, I thought, the last opportunity to be able to watch him weekly. Right. And that came back. As pissed as I was at him and still maybe am at him – for the way that AEW worked out, I popped. Yeah. I I popped huge. I I couldn't believe it. He came back and it's when you're able to get the casual fan and the hardcore fan at the same time, you've done a really good job. So they did an incredible job. And then sorry, I did want to
1: get to, so Seth Rollins, who's a good guy, So we should set the table here, though. On the TV, for people who didn't watch this or aren't huge wrestling fans, Punk is there posing, his music's playing, he's up on the stage. He's not down in the ring. And the WWE kept their cameras there. But down in the ring, off-camera, Seth Rollins is freaking out. He's screaming at him, he's flipping him off. And WWE knows that's going to get caught on amateur video. People have, for big moments like this, everyone's got their iPhone. This is going to be my Instagram story, right? I was at, holy shit, Seth Rollins. Even if they didn't count on that, they could have had two or three of their own guys just in the crowd with iPhones again, but it's not, they make it feel more organic. They make it feel more real (laughs) by not putting it on TV, but knowing it's going to get out there.
0: Seth Rollins, again, is a good guy Mm -hmm. in wrestling and another good guy in CM Punk was coming out and they also, I thought the best part of how they did this was not have security around him, Mm -hmm. but have the announcers, Michael Cole and Corey Graves. They had the, the match agents, the, the, the bookers that. Holding him back. Former wrestlers. Like they didn't have security there. Like Oh, in case Seth Rollins just goes off after he won the main event, yeah. we're gonna have nineteen yeah, security have guys. It. Right. Um, they made it look very, very organic. Yep. It was not organic. No. He was told now apparently all of those guys were told just before the just match. before they went out.
1: At there. the end, here's what's gonna happen.
0: And Seth Rollins for years yes. has been very critical publicly of the way that CM Punk has conducted himself. Called him a cancer.
1: It's pretty rough, man. Well, I don't know if he's wrong. It's still off. No. I know what you're saying and I know what Seth is saying, but it's a rough way to. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But so they're playing off the fact that he has legitimate. Beef. Dislike. Yeah. For the guy. But Seth Rollins is professional and he, he did that all oh, and he knew exactly. There's money
1: to be made here. <laughs> he knew exactly what he
0: was doing and. and. As he said, it's all about making money at the end of the day. So he knew that that was not
1: real what he was doing. No, because he's also enough of a professional that even if he was shocked, he wouldn't have done that. Right. Like if he didn't know, he would not have showed up the company no. and everything else by freaking. He's a out huge like that. company guy, right? So he knew this was coming. He knew to it was the smart play is to play this up. Yeah, I genuinely hate this guy. I would be furious that he's mm-hmm. back here. So even whether that's actually how he feels or not, that's the way I'm going to play it up for. For these other cameras, but again, not the main TV camera. I thought that was a really smart way to do it. So the next night, uh, they, they advertise that, or not the next night, I'm still living in a Sunday night pay-per-view world. We all do. Uh, they advertise that punk is going to be there. He's going to speak for the first time. He will have a live microphone on Monday night raw for the first time in a decade. Uh, and he came out, uh, at the very end of the show and said Nothing.
0: So you had texted me before saying, I hope he opens the show. Yeah, I was not feeling good. I wanted to go to bed. And I said, don't worry. He's going to open the show. Yeah, yeah. And when Randy Orton opened the show, I'm like, this is just such a massive, massive mistake. I don't care what explanation they could give me. They needed to open up Monday Night Raw with CM Punk sitting cross-legged on the ramp like he did with the pipe bomb back in 2011. Yeah. So you're talking about 12 years ago, he needed to be sitting mm-hmm. on the ramp, cross-legged the same way. And if you don't think that when he talked, if they brought him out at the end of the night, that people were going to carry
1: through and wait. That would be their counter argument. We tell you he's going to be on the show. We tell you hour one's commercial free. You're going to tune in to see if he's starting the show and we'll just tease it and we'll string you along and yeah. we'll string you along and string you along to until their credit, 11 o'clock.
0: to their credit, they did string everybody along and you and I were talking about the numbers.
1: The Ratings were up.
0: In Canada, it did very well. Yep. In the US, the US it did
1: better, but it's Monday Night Football. It's a monster down yeah, there. Yeah,
0: but it it did for Monday Night Raw. Yep. It was their best show since the day after WrestleMania. Right. So you're talking about seven months. Yep. Eight months worth of programming. It was their best night. It was an absolutely horrific three hours of television <laughs> before he got there. And he didn't really he didn't save it. Do or say anything that so I'm home. So they they actually Ugh, for you? a hardcore fan like me. They made me watch where I never would have watched Monday Night Raw before. So good for them. They got me.
1: Yep. Same.
0: But because I always. They also pissed
1: me off as I did it. So
0: I always PVR it and flip through it. Right. So I guess I still watch it. I don't watch three hours live. Right. I did on Monday. So good for them. They got me. And if I'm included in their rating, amazing. They also pissed me off. They burned me. Yeah. And they make me not want to watch. Right. Right. Because of how they handled, not only how they handled Punk coming back, but how they handled the rest of the show, that would, that gives me no trust, no faith that next Monday or anytime else, I want to tune back in live and sit there for three hours while CM Punk comes out. Yeah. I just don't want to. Yeah. And the fact that we don't need to get It'll too be far into wrestling, but Dominic Mysterio was in your main event, <laughs> just stop. Stop, stop, stop. They stop, needed somebody
1: stop. Randy could beat, right? Yeah, they're NXT North American Champion. Yeah. Well, fair enough. I, I I just so when he when he does come out, it's a it's the most bland WWE pro yep. I'm happy to be home. These are family. Everybody's happy to see me, and they go, well, almost everybody. And earlier on, Seth Rollins had cut a promo that goes, "I'm not even going to talk about that hypocrite." So this is obviously where they're going. Mm-hmm. It'll be Seth versus Punk at some point. But He didn't say anything until the very end. He's dropped the mic, he's leaving the ring, and he looks at the camera, and into the camera mic, he says, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. Which, that's fine, but it's not really a babyface thing to say. And so you wonder, is that promo setting the table, maybe not for a couple of weeks or even a couple of months, but to go, I never cared about that. I never cared about you people. This isn't home. I'm, you know, allowing him to go heal Because I think once you get outside of this, uh, happy welcome back kind of era. There's a chance the crowd could turn on him a little bit and he's happy to play the bad guy. So was that promo meant to be not over the top, not super obvious, but kind of disingenuous? That's not CM Punk, right? That's not, And then what he said, leaving the ring is the more real character that they're going to do here. Uh, maybe I'm giving them too much credit. I
0: think you're giving them too much credit. Yeah. I think... CM Punk has always gone into business for himself. He believes in himself. They've just brought him back. It doesn't mean he's going to go rogue and do anything he wants like he tried to do in AEW, but it does mean that he will probably try and do a little bit of what he wants
1: as much as he can. That bland promo had PG Punk trending on Twitter back uh – but what, to, I,
0: what I mean by that is...
1: You were allowed to be a little... Dis- sorry, but I, I, I know I'm being an ass here. I just want to get that in.
0: Well, I'll tell you, you've been an ass oh yeah. before. Oh, yeah. This is not you being okay. an ass.
1: Okay, but in AEW, you're the underdog. You're the upstart, and there's a little more cursing, and it's a little edgier, right? Yeah. You're in, you're on the punk rock show, basically, and then you come into the mainstream, and you're back into the WWE monolith, the that's, corporate structure. That's life. Yeah. That's, you're, so, you're not wrong. So now, that bland promo instead of being CM Punk, it's PG Punk, which is, I know, a line that was used in AEW before, but, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's what we're looking at. But I
0: also believe that the, the true sign of somebody that can make it to the top in wrestling and be the, the different person, the person that makes people want to watch, that you can be a tweener. Yeah. Oh yeah. You actually can, you, you couldn't before. Now you can um, do you watch AEW at all? Here and there, not regularly. Okay. Yeah. John Moxley, yeah. I think is a good example. John Moxley is in a heel group. Mm-hmm. Okay? They do heel things. Yep. The group consists of him and Brian Danielson, who everyone loves. Yeah. Everyone loves Moxley. Claudio Castagnoli used to be um what was his name in Cesaro. Cesaro. And some guy you've never heard of, most wrestling fans haven't heard of Wheeler or Yuta. But none of them are true bad guys. None of them have this like heel characteristic. John Moxley comes out and they pretend he's a heel. Chris Jericho has been a heel and then he's a face and then he's a heel and then he's a face. Yeah. So is Kenny Omega. So is... Um,
1: Yeah, whatever the story dictates Hangman Page in AEW. What we need you to do right now. What's your motivation for hating this guy to make this storyline work, right? Like, it it could be flexible
0: like that. Who is going to be the baby face in the heel with Seth Rollins and CM Punk? Seth
1: the face.
0: Okay, so then
1: CM Punk's going to have to do... That's what makes me think. Give them maybe, like you said, maybe a little too much credit that they're at least breadcrumbs here. We don't want to have them cut a promo that gets them too... Over, but I can right. tell you who he's going to wrestle after Seth Rollins.
0: Okay, Roman Reigns. Yeah, I wonder about that.
1: Well, he will because they're going to. It's put funny him and right they're bringing it back. The title in. Picture. Well, don't and, you think it's him and Rollins at Mania?
0: Uh I'm not convinced. You don't um, think
1: they're still going to try and do Cody, do Cody and Roman?
0: Cody and Roman to finish the story. Yeah. They'd be stupid to do otherwise. The one caveat, of course, is The Rock. Yeah. And I don't know what the Rock is doing, and if the Rock wants to be there, the WWE will say, "Sorry, Cody. Cody, you're gonna finish your story, but it ain't gonna be now."
1: Yeah. See so you at SummerSlam, bud.
0: <laughs> yeah, because the Rock is gonna come in. He's gonna fight Roman, yeah. but or Cody can finish his story by by beating Roman somewhere else. Yeah, and then you can have the Rock and Roman not for the title, which I actually think they should do. It's probably better because. Yeah, because yeah. because the Rock's never winning the title. No, so put the title on Cody, but have have a bunch of tweeners. Like there are some. People I think if you that, have
1: Punk go heel, he and Cody could do some interesting business. They have a history there that's people would believe. And
0: yeah, so. but not as big of a history as people think. They didn't cross over in AEW, so they no, know. But it, they're clearly
1: no fans of each other.
0: Yeah, they know each other, but they don't have like a a. a Crazy back history. Yeah. CM Punk's got a big history, but I think that the whole people are listening. to This they don't care about the wrestling talk. Yeah, they're what I'm saying is that to be that ultimate, like John Cena, mm-hmm. was hated by the hardcore fan. Yep, and loved by the cast, by the casual yeah. fan. Yep, and he made his living in the middle.
1: Yeah, that half cheer, half boo. yeah.
0: And when you're out there, and half the people are going, "Let's go, Cena! Cena sucks. Let's go, Cena! Cena sucks." Well, that's happening to Punk. It happened to him in AEW, and I guarantee you, it's going to gonna happen to him in the WWE. And that sometimes is even better than being
1: because people care when you come this out. This is it. When you come out, do people care? Right? Do they? Whether they cheer or they boo. Fine. As long as it's not crickets, as long as it's not, as long as it's not indifference, right? Like you, as long as you make people care, doesn't matter what And side he had the it.
0: most watched show on Monday Night Raw in eight months. He had yep. Raw rocket up the Canadian ratings. Yep. So people still care about CM
1: Punk. And that is the point of why we're talking about this. So last thing on it before we quickly, uh, or just quickly before we move off it is, is this going to work? Does he piss somebody off and flame out in four or five months again, or is he going to have a successful run here? Well. It's I apparently a multi-year contract he's signed. Yeah. Which. I mean, they can end it at any time. But If there
0: isn't an out clause. Yeah. For the first thing that he does, they are the stupidest people on the planet. <laughs> and there's no way, like they would have had all the leverage. Yeah. You don't want to sign this? Go ahead. We won't bring you in. What are you going to do? you go to TNA or... Impact, yeah. Yeah, it's called TNA now. They switched the name again. Oh, all right. They went from TNA to Impact. Now it's called TNA again. Um, You you, should definitely go back to that brand. That was really successful the first time. Well, (laughs) that's their decision. Yes, it is. If you want to talk about it, we can. I don't think you want to. Not right now. (laughs) uh, But but he had had nowhere else to go. So the answer to your question is if CM Punk... And I'm going to bring this back to a little bit of reality with, I think, all of us. We all live in this world where we get so many chances and at some point you don't get any more chances because of how you've acted. Yep. And sometimes people don't get it. The Steve Howes of the world, the Jeff Hardys for a wrestling take, they don't get it because somebody always gives them another chance. Until the chances finally run out and then their life comes to a screeching halt. You hope that people get it before that because ultimately you don't want people to suffer and go through that because clearly like Steve Howe had a problem. And if anybody ever looked after the person Steve Howe and not the baseball pitcher Steve Howe, his life might've turned out a little bit differently. Right.
1: So you think Punk might realize he's on his last chance?
0: Well, I think I think he knows it. I think the WWE knows it. I think a lot of wrestling companies know it right now. And if he doesn't get it now, and he might not, yeah. but if he doesn't get it, he'll never get another chance on a worldwide stage right. to be able to do what he loves. And I truly, and this comes from a place, I don't know him from a hole in the ground, but I know his wrestling history And I truly believe he loves the business. He feels scorned by the business. And there's a chip on the shoulder, but he loves it so passionately that the chip kept him away for a long time. I hope he's able to repair and take the chip off Mm -hmm. so that he can get the most out of it, which would allow all of the people watching to get the most out of it. It would be a really sad ending for me if he didn't get it. Yeah. He gets in some sort of
1: altercation backstage. And, and don't get me wrong. Somebody, can. But
0: somebody's going to try and make a name for themselves like they did. I know people don't care about this. so I don't want to go too, but a couple of people did try and make a name for themselves after Punk got in a fight with the executive vice presidents and the elite. Yeah. And Jack Perry, who is the son of of Luke Perry, Luke Perry from Beverly Hills, 90210. That's right. Yeah. Oh, I know. And who's passed away and Jack Perry tried to make a name for himself by picking a fight with CM Punk and it got Punk fired. But you know who hasn't been back on TV since? Yeah. Jack Perry. Yeah. Who is considered one of the the pillars. up and coming. Of AEW. Yeah. Somebody will try and make a name for themselves by trying to push Punk because their name will get out if. They That's pu- right. If yep. they push Punk, but he's got to be smart enough to understand now that this is his last chance, and he's got to go enjoy it, and then honestly go home and and not be involved in that stuff. I I think he will, but I also thought in AEW that <laughs> he would be better, and he wasn't. Well, so
1: the, the, there's been reports. I know you're more of an AEW guy than I am, but that the you know. Inmates kind of run the asylum there. Yep. Whereas in WWE, it is a strong, for better or worse, yep. corporate so I'm, structure. I'm really glad you leadership. brought this up because not only,
0: like before, Vince McMahon was the yes, no guy. Yep. You're fired. Like that, it was a gimmick, but it was true. Yep. CM Punk now lives and signed up to be in the corporate world where his boss is a guy that he didn't like before, mm-hmm. whether they like each other now or put up with each other or whatever, Triple H. Good for business. But Triple H has to report to... Yeah, he's got bosses too. N- Nick Khan. Yep. Got Nick a, board, a TKO board. Yeah, and Nick Khan's got to report to the board of TKO. Yeah. Like, there are many people ahead of, or on top of CM Punk, Yeah, where if he gets out of the line, it's just another employee in a big corporation now. Yep. So... He, he, he would understand that too. He tried, he to, knows the world he he tried to go in. into an independent world where he, somebody described it to me as he tried to be the Hogan of WCW in the 90s. When Hogan went in there. Just took it over. He just went. This is the Hulk Hogan show. Now. This is what I'm doing when I'm doing it and how I'm doing it. And you have no choice because I'm the star. And Punk Punk was their biggest star. He was. Every time he was on, their ratings were the top and they made the most money. Yep. So they're suffering without him. But he went in there and tried to be too big of a star and tried to be macho and tried to be the guy and he couldn't do it. And now he's not living in that world anymore, which makes me think he signed up for a world that he would know what he's getting
1: into. Yep. And he's not like... Tony Khan, who runs AEW, kind of had to put up with some shit because he knows he's my biggest star. Right. I know like, WWE's been cooking along here pretty well lately, and yeah. if Punk gets out of line, well, I still got Cody and Roman. Oh, and they sad. don't that, need Punk. They no. want Punk they want badly. Punk, yes. but they don't need. They do punk. not need WWE. Is the the name right? We sell that as opposed to you know the the stars. Right, like, uh, it's a slightly different setup. So we'll be uh, I'll be interested to see how it plays out and. No doubt it will. He'll make news as he always does. He's been trending on Twitter every day for I know. months. <laughs>
0: Most likely, as you said, he probably faces Seth Rollins night one at WrestleMania. Yeah. Cody faces Roman That's night right. two. Yep. And then they move on. But there is a chance that something gets in the way of that, that Cody ends up winning the title early. And whether it's The Rock or Punk, that they do Roman and Punk. Could be. Somewhere else. And- <laughs> Honestly, if you could just unify the titles, one guy's had a title yeah. for like 1,400 days, but he defends it once. Like their third clear, biggest right? pay-per-view of the year was Survivor Series, right? Other than the Rumble and WrestleMania, Survivor Series is number three.
1: I guess so. I don't know where SummerSlam fits in with that. But. Well,
0: usually the numbers are better yeah. just because it's the fall and like people more people watch. Yeah,
1: inside again.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But- Again, we could argue about it, but it's their third or fourth yes, biggest show. one of
1: their big four tenths. And your world
0: being... champion who's held the belt for 1,400 days was not there.
1: Yeah. Okay. Did anybody miss him after the, the no. show
0: they ended up putting on? No, so. they've jumped the shark.
1: Yeah, they've gotten they've used missed to him the, not being around. They've
0: them. missed the point now with the long reign of Roman Reigns, no pun intended, yeah. where they've it was cool until it wasn't cool anymore.
1: Yeah, they've had a couple of moments here where it was the time and they didn't pull the trigger yep. and now it's sort of like- well, Yeah, they whatever. missed their chance. Yeah, so I think we'll wrap this one up. Uh, okay. Another great edition of the Sage Sessions, yes, of Talk A and Audio. Uh, we're on social media at Talk A and Audio. Give us a follow there. Don't forget you can catch Lee every week also on the This Is Wrestling podcast. so wherever we talk a this. lot about this Yeah, kind of stuff. exactly. So uh, if you're into that at all, that's uh, This Is Wrestling. Wherever you're hearing us, Uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to, uh, that's on there as well. But I do want to say, and I know I ranted a little earlier about the (laughs) Spotify thing and (laughs) again,
0: I don't do this kind of stuff, but my co-host, Zach McGibbon, Mm -hmm. who uh, you're going to have on at some point.
1: Yeah, we tried this week and I was a little.
0: Yeah, but you'll have him on. Yeah, 100%. So he informed me of the most listened to podcast of the year on Spotify for This Is Wrestling, mm. which I found interesting. And and I think you would understand this. The edition that we did maybe a day or two after I was let go. Yeah. Which was about the podcast title is called Life, yeah. where we didn't talk wrestling.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we just talked life
0: like you and I did when I
1: first came in I can tell you the here. first time you came in here after you were let go, same thing, numbers spiked, man. People wanted to hear how you were doing and what you were up to and what had happened. Sorry about the downward trend since.
0: <laughs> uh, but People are over it. <laughs> but Zach McGibbon did let me know that that was, through Spotify, yeah. the most listened to podcast, but we appreciate at TIW underscore audio. And coming up, which will be released probably as we record this, I would think it would be released tonight or tomorrow. We're going to have a an interview with the new C4 mm. heavyweight champion, which C4 is a local Look. Ottawa wrestling organization. But there's a young man named Junior Benito that has been working the independence and the local scene for a number of years now, two or three years. He is... In his early 20s, he will be in the WWE or AEW or Impact or TNA um, (laughs) before long. And he won the C4 Heavyweight Championship. A long journey to get there for him. Lots of obstacles, but he just won it in front of the hometown crowd. They went crazy at the Preston Event Center last week. And we have him on the show
1: coming up. Gorgeous. Coming up on this show. The Pigeon, Graham Creech, finally uh, returns to the podcast oh, on Friday It's about morning.
0: flipping time.
1: Honestly. Guy's been ducking us He better be.
0: You know what? Just hold the standards high. I want him to bring good beers. I want him to talk. <laughs> he's a good beer guy. Yep. I'll give him that. Yep. So hold him to those standards
1: and push him. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to him, man, because he's he ducked me a couple of times here. He used I, to come and do the UFC shows with me and Brenda. I'm looking forward to that. He's got kids, that. he's got a wife. Oh, i got a real life. Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: you know what my favorite part is? Is he always says that until it's like- Two this, in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> this call at like 11 or midnight is like, come out and have some drinks with <laughs> us, man. Like, what happened to your wife and kids and all that kind of it's, stuff, creature. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to call him out here. But he went to that, I think he was at the Pats Giants game.
1: Yeah, he was down in New York.
0: Yeah. Uh, by the way, the one that Tommy DeVito cost me my survivor Bowl. Tommy DeVito! You're a loser! You scored 10 points at home! You're a loser! But why I picked Bill Belichick and Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, because I didn't have any teams left, and I thought, Tommy DeVito, you suck!
1: I guess it's on me. That's how we'll uh, end this episode of Tall Can Audio. For Lever Sage, my name is Matt Robinson. We'll see you next time. <laughs> I am
0: unhappy with the confusing and at times confrontational nature of
1: that meeting. I wanted it to go better.
0: I wanted it to go better!